Well, thank you, Jungle Jim, for that wonderful musical introduction. Man, you are just rocking and rolling on that synthesizer. Geez, you know, you belong. You should be in a hotel lobby right now. Happy hour. People coming in, checking in. There you are, right in the lobby, playing maybe in an airport. You just, you have that level of ability. What a waste of talent on this show. Jungle Jim, the musical director with the beautiful song. I am Tim Marr. This is failing up. Oh, yes, broadcast. I'm recording. I'm broadcast. I'm recording this podcast on the 20th of September, the day before officially autumn begins at 9 o'clock tomorrow night. In the basement studio, located on the shores of the mighty Seneca River, flowing all the way up into that great lake of Ontario, which feeds the mighty, beautiful St. Lawrence Seaway, which actually flows north. Figure that out, all right? Yeah, get your get your slide rule out. Figure that one out. Flows north past 1,000 islands, all the way out into the Atlantic Ocean, and round the world, just like my voice is right now as you download this podcast. If you make a left, you are going to go right over to Buffalo, New York with the red hot Buffalo Bills to go along with their red hot chicken wings. And you may be able to go right up into Toronto, Canada. Beautiful Toronto, Canada, all on the shores of the Great Lake Ontario, over Niagara Falls, into Lake Erie, into Cleveland, Ohio, over to Lake Michigan, to Chicago and Detroit and Lake Huron and Superior and Wisconsin. Oh my gosh, these lakes, they, you, can, you can go around the world from these lakes. Fantastic, beautiful autumn. I'm sipping some cider. There's a glass. Mmm, mm-mm. You can't beat cider. I mean, cider just tastes like fall. If you ever want to taste fall, get a glass of cider. If you're in LA right now, or if you're in um, a warm part of the world, find some cider. Taste some cider. All our best in uh, prayers going out to everybody down in Puerto Rico. It's being hammered down in Puerto Rico. And all our prayers are down there. And here we are. In summertime, and I was, you know, I was uh, driving by many, you know, I was in our downtown area here where, where I live. And a lot of downtowns, not, not major cities, but downtowns, you know, have, have become quiet in these medium-sized cities due to the malls. Malls. Malls have become, you know, uh, our epicenters in some of these uh, cities this size. And Syracuse, New York, happens to have one of the largest malls in the country. I don't even know if they call it anymore. It used to be called the Carousel Center. But uh, but they be, they've become you know um, the community hub, and some say well the internet has ruined our community. I think the mall has. You know you go into a mall, and um, you're you're in this bubble. You know people, you're in this bubble with circulated air, and then they cram everything into the malls. Malls are just crammed with everything. I mean you go into a mall. And you have, uh, now you go into a mall and you have clothing stores, sporting goods stores, and you have arcades and racetracks and rope courses and some restaurants. And you have, uh, you know, uh, a food court. There's always a food court. There's a court for food. Yeah, I don't know where the term food court came from. Kind of like, you know, I think they took that. I think it's supposed to come from, you know, um, from the, the court of the kings and the queens when they held court. They held court. When off you go to a food court, you're holding fast food in the food court, sitting at some table, usually some glob on there and maybe a bag that's left behind. And, and people just walk around the mall uh, going from place to and Christmas time. It's all decorated up, and uh, but it's all inside, you know. And as, as, as my life and the evolution of life and the, the, the mall has, uh, the evolution of the mall has paralleled the evolution of my life. <laughs> Imagine that. So, uh, 
when I was a, a tween and an early teen, there weren't really big malls, you know. You had strip malls. And those weren't like strip malls where you'd want to go as a teen where you saw strippers. It was a strip mall because it wasn't enclosed. You know, it had, it had an exterior sidewalk. So you walked from store to store in the strip mall, but you still went outside. Basically, they were like cities without cities, but just stores. And you went to the strip mall, and it was always a big deal. You know, if somebody's mother, usually a mother, was driving down to, in our case, Camillus Mall, the strip mall, you wanted to go. Hey, my mom's going down. Yeah, let's go. And, you know, mothers thought it was, oh, all the boys want to go down to the mall while I'm doing some shop. Isn't that nice? They're going to help me with my groceries. Okay, boys, I'll see you back here at the PNC at 9 o'clock. And in the meantime, between 7 o'clock and 9 o'clock, holy hell was being raised in the strip mall. Um, bopping from store to store, periodically leaving with a candy bar here and there. Uh, boy, do they melt. I'll tell you right now, M&Ms may not melt in your mouth. They melt. They may not melt in your hand, they melt in your mouth, they also melt in your pocket when you shove them down walking out the store with them. But we would, you know, and then uh, walking around and, and and just, you know, kind of raising a little bit of hell in each store you went into. Um, playing hide and seek. I remember we went to Kmart one time and we they used to have the Kmart Blue Light Special and this is before they chained it down, and maybe one of the reasons they did chain it down, because we would take the blue light and go around the store with it, and, you know, hey, hello, Kmart shoppers, the blue light is now over in, in uh, men's sporting shirts. we take it, and we move it way over someplace else, so the blue light special would be, wait a minute, the blue light special is now covering, oh, sneakers. And Kmart had these great subs, probably disgusting now, but great subs. But that was the strip mall. You went in, you went out, and they always had... In front of these stores, they always had uh, mechanical basic rides. There was always a horse. You put a quarter in or a whatever, and you rode the horse. and really didn't do much. Or they had a, like a, um, a car of some type, a fire truck or a car, and always had all ton, bazillion kinds of gumball machines where you could get gum or you could try to get these little plastic cheap toy prizes. They were like gold when you were at there. So those were strip malls. You literally went into a store walked out of the store and went into another store. Now, the strip mall did not have the community sense of, you know, being downtown, like, you know, downtown. Malls have, malls have killed downtown. So the strip mall didn't have the sense of being downtown. You know, you weren't out in the city where there was action. So then came the mall, the enclosed mall. And there were two of them when I grew up, when I was growing up. There were two of them. There was one in DeWitt, New York, called... Um, I forgot the name of it. It was DeWitt Mall. And there was one called Fairmount Fair. Fairmount Fair was like the place to go. And so if anybody's mother was going to Fairmount Fair, you hopped in the car and you went to Fairmount Fair. Because Fairmount Fair was like, Fairmount Fair was everywhere. Fairmount Fair, man, was enclosed. And Fairmount Fair was a straight line. And when you were in Fairmount Fair, the whole world seemed like they were in Fairmount Fair. So if you were a tween and a teen in Fairmount Fair, I mean, you always went there with hopes that never were realized. For some reason, you figured, if I'm going to Fairmount Fair, that mall, I'm going to meet a girl. And you, they'd walk by you. But Fairmount Fair had everything. Fairmount Fair had a store with, with a, 
Witherills or a, I forgot what store, Grants in there. They had food. They had a food counter and you'd go there and eat. They had uh, Charney's, which was like a sporting goods store. You get, they had a record store. I mean, you're really a record, a real record store in Fairmount Fair. And you, as you walk down, there was this pizza place. You know, it was cool to walk, you know, get a pizza and hang out there. And you could just, you know, stare at people. And, you'd, you know, it was just, it was like this community. But the difference between the interior mall, the covered mall and exterior is you were all in it together. You know, it was kind of like being in a a new school. You know, at the exterior mall, everybody was kind of out there still. But when you were in the mall in Fairmount Fair, you know, it was it was your own little society. And then, of course, there were, you know, segmented age groups. But if you were a teen in Fairmount Fair, man, it was free game. You were jumping up and down and you were laughing and all that kind of stuff and raising a little hell. And then there was the ultimate store of all stores in Fairmount Fair, the coolest store at its time. The store that once you went in there, you never, you know, I think it was the store where I learned about sex. It was a store we learned about life. Spencer's Gifts. And when you went into Spencer's Gifts in Fairmount Fair, man, it had posters. You know, the whole, the, first of all, you went in there and had all kinds of cool signs with inappropriate jokes that you just loved. I remember thinking, this is what I want my house to look like, like Spencer's Gifts. It had these adult games in there. They weren't too adult, but they, obviously they had fake vomit. They had um, fake turd. They had all that stuff that you just wanted really bad, you know? And they had, um, in the back of Spencer's Gifts, once you got through these toys and these puzzles and these cool signs, beer signs and all kinds of signs, um, games that I didn't understand, which I would probably now. And then you went to the back of the store in Fairmount Fair, and it was, it was dark. You walked into this dark area that was only illuminated by a blacklight. And I don't, to this day, I don't know why they call it a blacklight, because it's actually purple. And the blacklight, so cool. And it was like the thing, man. And eventually, we got blacklights in our bedrooms, and they were hotter. They got really hot. They were fire hazards. But when you went back there with your blacklight on, in the blacklight area, you just, it lit up your jeans. Anything, you know, all things just kind of lit up. It was dark, but it illuminated your jeans or your T-shirt in a certain way or your eyes and all that. And then they had this whole wall. So you're in there with the blacklights. And, and they always had, like, incense burning at Spencer Gifts. And when you were in Spencer's Gifts, you knew you were in a place that was really something that you probably, it was just as close as you were going to get to get into a place where you really shouldn't be. And then we would go back and, and you just flip through the posters. And there'd be like three people just flipping through all these posters on the black wall, bad wall. And they would be, there'd be cult, pop culture, current pop culture posters of the time. You'd have all in the family. You'd have some sports, very few sports posters, mostly like rock stars. You always had somebody with a Charlie's Angel or something like that. But man, you would hang out in the back of Spencer's Gift forever. Because you knew if you're going to meet anybody cool, it's going to be at Spencer's Gift. Rejection was a common norm in the mall. You know, there were there'd be two girls walking up, and oh yeah, now I'm going to meet them somehow. And you, but you would be you get rejected at one end of the mall, and you get rejected in the middle of the mall, and you get rejected at the end of the mall. And you know what? You didn't care because you were in the mall. Everybody was in the mall. It's a big deal. Three hours there while somebody, you know, Mrs. Thompson shopping at Day Brothers. The mall. The music store, the instrument stores. It was it was like this it was like this excitement where you went into this building, and those were the early malls in the '70s. And then they caught on where there were other malls and other kind of small you know communities had malls. And then the, then these mega malls were built. You know, the Mall of America. I think it's in Minnesota. These huge, huge things. I mean, bigger than cities. These malls. 
three floors, everything you'd ever need in there. Movie. There are no more movie theaters. You go to the mall. You go to the mall. Everything, restaurants, you go inside this mall. Now you go into the mall and um, you run into people. But, it's, but at this point, the excitement of being in a mall is no more exciting. I can't stand going to malls. I hate the mall. I hate it. I was in downtown having lunch today thinking, where is everybody? They're all in the mall. Prefabricated. Cheesy. Stores in and out. Mall. Muzak. Mall. You know, nobody's bumped. There's no traffic cop inside the mall. You just kind of, people walk around in their own pace and they look, but they're all on a mission in the mall. My mission, if I ever go to the mall, I go to the mall about three times in a year. Maybe, maybe one now. And if I go to the mall, I want to get in and I want to get out. I'm not there like I was when I was younger to explore the excitement. of. I want to get the hell out of that place. I don't want to. I don't want to be hanging around in a mall in that enclosed incubator in that uh, you know petri dish in that terrarium. It's like a terrarium. You're in that mall, and I could just imagine. You know, you're looking down from. It's like a mall is like a, a a little glass bubble that you would keep your pets in. So if you think of these malls. You know, maybe even think of the Hunger Games, but you think of the mall, it's trying to fabricate everything. You, people go into the building, into this this mall, whether it's glass or not, or and and you're enclosed, and then you're in this like terrarium, and you're in there, and you're in there with all the other animals, and you're running from place to place, buying whatever. All of a sudden in the mall, you gotta get a pretzel in the mall. I gotta, I gotta get a pretzel. I gotta get a I gotta get a smoothie. I'm in the mall. You're in the store in the mall, and everybody wants to get out of the mall. I mean, mall parking lots are just a free-for-all. Everybody wants to go. Everybody wants to park really close to the mall because the goal is in a mall, especially if you're in a northeast town, is never to feel the weather. Okay? You want to pull up as close as you can, get out of your car, and get in the mall. You want to leave your house get and get into your car. So here's an ideal situation for a really veteran mall person who has a car and lives in the burbs. Their car's in a garage, they leave their house, they get in the car in the garage, they drive to the mall garage, get out of their car and go into the mall. And they never they never go outside. They're inside the whole time. And then they're in the mall. And they're in the mall where they have plastic trees or whatever and uh and, and in the layers and and you know and they're and they're so um I mean, let's face it. They're they're built for they're built for massive people to masses. They're built for quantity, not quality. So the malls are built to have large populations go through. So the furniture isn't attractive. The the, the tile floors aren't really attractive. The people in the mall usually aren't attractive, and the people working there, you know, they just they don't want to be there. Nobody wants to be in the mall. The people that want to be in that mall, you don't want to be near those folks because they're scary. So it's not like the adventurous malls of the seventies. You know, where you went into that mall and it was, it was like a, an exploration. You didn't know who you were going to meet. You didn't know how you were going to meet him. You didn't have a Spencer's gift where you hung out. It was new, and they weren't huge, and you still had a city to go to, and people interacted at the mall. You know, now it's just it is the mall, the mall. I'm going to the mall. Oh God, I'm going to the mall, the mall. They, it's it's a phenomenon that that 
the the people we don't go in most places, and that, that's why I love going to to uh, larger cities who don't have like when you're well, obviously New York is an exception, but when you're other cities and the stores are actually outside and you walk outside to a store, you know, uh, that is you know I remember that's uh, I remember walking in the Commons in Ithaca, Ithaca, New York, when I was down at Cornell, and I'd go over to the Commons. And there'd be stores. I loved walking down the Commons and going into a store. Nothing like going into a store on a cold day and hearing the bell ring. And you feel the warmth of the store. And then you go buy a pair of socks, for God's sakes, because you feel guilty. You buy a, yeah, yeah I'm going to get a pair of socks. But you're in the store. There's some type of comfort, you know, the warmth of the store, the greeting at the store. It's not a mall. You're not just walking in with no door, one big facility. That's what it is, a facility. A mall is a facility, not a city. And you're not outside. You're not the cars aren't going by. You're not getting splashed. And, you know. You're not in it together outside with everybody in the weather. You're in this mall. Um, and the culture, you know, sitting out. I mean, you you, you can't, you, you, have, you have faux outside in a mall. Like, they have a fence, you know, outside a coffee place in a mall. And you sit there, but you're still inside. You're not sitting outside. You're sitting, essentially, you're sitting in the main passageway with a fence around. Nothing like sitting outside in a city. Nothing like being down near Greenwich Village or up on the... West End in New York and, you know, outside with people walking by you. That, that's what it's about, or shopping outside. I mean, what makes New York City so magical, especially at Christmas, is you're outside and you're smelling all the smells of the city. Ah, yeah. You know, and then you're, you're hearing Christmas music and the cold and you're going in and out. And, you know, um, that's missing when you do the mall. That's missing when you go into the terrarium, you know. Oh, sir, you dropped your glove. Yeah, you don't get that. You don't get that in no mall. You don't get that in a mall. Oh, sir, you dropped your glove. Hmm. Or waiting for a parking space. No, you don't get that in the mall. You don't. You don't sit there at a counter looking out at a frosted window, or even on a warm day, a nice city on a warm day. That's where I miss the, the larger, you know, especially the older cities, Boston and New York, and even. And you get out to Santa Monica on the promenade. I mean, she's strolling up and down the promenade. There's stores. You know, the promenade's no different. There's stores and shops outside and great places to eat all over Santa Monica. It's not a mall. You're looking at people. There's street musicians. Everything's real. You can touch it. It moves. So malls have changed from that magical, you know, experience when you're in your tweens when everything's magic. Everything, man. Everything is magical. To these confined uh, terrariums, these confined, you know, models that, that some giant would set on a desk and want, you know, watch people, you know, go like ants. You know, if somebody looking from outer space at people in a mall, it would look like little ants going around up and down escalators and out of here, blah, 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 blah. That's what you look like, little ants. What do you think, Jungle? I know Jungle Jim, you're playing me out here. I am not going to the mall, Jungle Jim. Jungle Jim playing me out here. This is Tim Marr, and this is. Filling up. Bye bye.